Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Janice Dean Podcast. I'm Janice Dean, and today I'm back with another very special person and friend of mine. Dr. Don Sturz is someone that I met at this year's Westminster Dog Show. He has an unbelievable resume as a psychologist, an educator, fitness enthusiast, and a Fox Sports analyst. But what brought us together is an interview he agreed to do on the day of Best in Show. He had the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be the official judge of Best in Show. And I got to interview him for Fox & Friends while he was sequestered in a hotel room before the big night. It was one of the most fun interviews I've ever had, and I wanted you to take a listen to give you some background on our discussion today. So exciting, right? Well, I wanted to find out about how it went being a Best in Show judge and how the dog show has been a huge part of Don's life and his career. And I have to tell you, he's also helping my family make a very important decision in our lives. So here it is, my interview with my wonderful friend, Don Sturz. Okay, so I am excited about this because... I want to hear everything. I want to hear everything about being a judge at the Westminster Kennel Dog Show. Uh, the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. That's it. Yeah. It, uh, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You know, we talked about this when we first met on our first interview, and I was very excited and looking forward to it. It was going to happen that night. And um, that day, it kind of hit me how... Um, huge this was. You know, I was kind of pretty lighthearted throughout the week, but that day I was like, wow, this is a big responsibility. You know, this is a huge honor. And so it weighed a little heavier, but then as it got closer to the evening, the excitement started picking back up. Okay. And um, they, you know, as we had talked about, they keep me sequestered, right? You, you, you got, you know, the scoop, you know, to talk to the best in show judge. They pulled me out of hiding for you. And um, then right back in. And that night they sent a, a car to pick, you know, pick us up at the hotel and bring us over to the Lindhurst estate. And I guess they picked us up a little too early because Sean and I had full access to the Lindhurst castle. Oh. Just the two of us, like, banging around and doing selfies inside the castle. That's so, fabulous. Yeah, it was pretty fabulous. So that was how the evening started. And then um, they drove me up to the um, you know, the arena. And um, you know, one of the most exciting parts of this was because you're sequestered, you have no idea who the winners are going to be. They're going to come into the ring, right? The seven group winners. Right. So as they announce them and they're coming in, I'm seeing for the first time the dogs I have to sort through. And as as each one would come in, it was like, oh, oh, oh. And so after all seven were coming in, I'm like, this is going to be a challenge. You know, there really? was, you know, it was one you of those You knew things. right away that it was going to be a challenge. I did, because they, as they each came in, they were obviously 
um, really competitive, high-quality dogs. Some dogs that I was familiar with that have been campaigning and are ranked highly in the nation, and then some that I'd never seen before. Wow. So, so that was you know fun and exciting. And um, as I went through the evaluations, because you do the individual examinations first, um, they were all kind of on an even par at that point. Hmm. And it wasn't until I brought them out to kind of stand on their own that they started to sort themselves out a little bit. And and when I do that, I'm looking for a dog to um, show me their presence, um, convey the breed character, you know, to me. And, you know, some of them were just having a little more, you know, a, a better night than others in that regard. And so they started to sort. Um, the bloodhound... Trumpet, yes. who you've met. I <laughs> <Yeah>. loved him. <laughs> what a beautiful dog. Beautiful dog. Great dog. Um, and and Bloodhound, not a breed one would typically think of as a Westminster winner, yeah. right? Um, first time, right? First time ever. And the, the thing with Trumpet was when they were going to come out and do their freestand, I did for a moment go like, oh, the poor Bloodhound. He's just going to come out here and stand and just be, you know, kind of lethargic. And he came out and he just planted his four feet and stood very proudly and kind of like stared at me with these soulful eyes. I'm like, look at you. (laughs) And so he goes around the ring and he was just so flawless in motion. I mean, he was just covering ground and powerful and elastic. And it was, I'm getting goosebumps talking to you about Well, you told me that. You know what? I I remember you saying, it's the dog that's going to give me goosebumps. Yes. And that's what happened. Exactly. So... I knew in that moment, like, you know, it was like, okay, it's him. And uh, that's how it how it played out. And what was really neat is, one, because it was unexpected, mm. um, kind of a dark horse, yeah. you know, new dog, come, you know. And I think what would, I think people really connected with him because he's kind of a dog dog, right? Nothing against the more glamorous breeds and so on because they're beautiful and, and so on. But... I think this was like a best in show winner that like everybody could relate to. Get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Like the every dog. Yes, exactly. And so I think that's pretty cool when that happens. Um, It's really great for Westminster, obviously, because, you know, people, you know, keep talking about the show because they're talking about Trumpet. And so it kind of keeps the magic of the event alive, you know, as we go through the year waiting for the next one. And, uh, you know, his his breeder owner handler, um, Heather, um, had shared with me when we were getting the picture taken uh, that she had a litter of puppies at home. She has a litter of 14 puppies. And I was like, you know, that's the reality. Here she is in this moment. Yep. You know, her dog is winning best in show at the most iconic event. And the next day she's going home to take care of a litter of babies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the reality. That and is the reality. Is how rare is it to have a breeder, trainer, uh, all of the above, do, doing the best in show? Yeah, that's, I think... We we in the sport really value that. Um, we have professional handlers and we have owner handlers or amateur handlers. And it's one of the few sports where professionals and amateurs compete together. Mm. And so, you know, as one would think, you know, someone who's dedicating their profession to this, right, the conditioning, the preparation, uh, the, they tend to be a little more competitive at times. But we have a lot of owner handlers in the sport, amateurs in the sport, who have taken that as a challenge and said, okay, if I'm going to compete with the professionals, then I have to act as if, I have to present my dog as if I'm a professional. And I think Heather's a really great example of that, of somebody who's really dedicated to her breed, the bloodhound, as a breeder, 
and um, you know, creating a family of dogs, you know, multiple generations of high-quality bloodhounds, um, but also savvy enough to know what she needs to do to make him competitive at that level, right? Mm-hmm. The presentation, like I mentioned, when, when he came out to do his freestand, she very deftly kind of guided him without much pressure to just stand naturally the way he did, which was really impressive. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's one of the great parts of the storyline, right? Is, is it's this breeder owner handler who has, you know, risen to the top, right? Best in show at Westminster. Um, you know, it, everyone loves that story. Yeah. So how does it work? You're, how many judges were with you? Oh, they have, um, the whole panel, um, you know, there's probably about 30 judges on the panel okay. total. Yeah. Um, and then, so they compete on the breed level, and there's one judge judging a breed competition. They yep. pick a best of breed. Yeah. Then each of those best of breed winners goes in and competes in a variety group. You know, like um, the bloodhound competed in the hound group. Yes. So that there's a judge for that. Okay. And then best in show is one judge. So it's, you know, and that moment, you know, as the best in show judge, you know, it really is your choice. It's your decision. You know, there's a, I think, an objective component in that you have a breed standard that you have to keep in mind. But there's a subjective component, the goosebumps, right? The, yeah. so that That's just going to be very individual and personal. So. And I remember asking you about personality, how important that is. And while it is, it's not everything. No, it is not. And and as a purist, um, as a dog show judge, I, I like to think that I prioritize the you know confirmation quality and the vitality, temperament, and so on. But there's, you can't argue, you know, when a dog is out there, you know, putting on a show. Yeah. Because it is a dog show. <laughs> so uh, it, it does tend to, I think, sway things at times. Yeah. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The French Bulldog. I knew that that dog was going to be in the competition, and I know that you have I was going to say, how did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, setting it up, when you told me that you were sequestered and you didn't know any dogs, and I already had an idea of the dogs that had Mm -hmm. won the previous night, and I knew enough about you that you you know, shared with me that you have a French bulldog. I mean, I just was like, I really want to tell him that there's a French bulldog. <laughs> well, I mean, thank you for sitting on that secret and uh, and and maintaining, you know, the surprise for me. Um, but it was when I saw him come out, you know, again, I have a special place in my heart for that breed, obviously. Um, but I also think it for me, at least as a judge, it tends to make me have higher expectations mm. because if, you know, I don't want it to just be about my heart. I want this to be, you know, a dog who really presents with all the qualities that the breed requires. And, um, you know, and this dog, Winston, 
Um, absolutely. Um, he mesmerized me. His <laughs> eyes, his expression. Um, I felt it was like, oh, God, Emmett's going to be jealous sitting at <laughs> home watching this. Um, but he, and he there's the show dog. He put on a performance of his life. I mean, he was on every single minute, didn't put a paw down wrong, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, very alert, connected to his, his also breeder owner handler wow. for the French Bulldog mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, good night for all that. Can those dogs compete again? Sure. Yeah, they definitely can compete again. You may see them again at next year's Westminster. Hmm. Could be. Um, Westminster is known for um, anything can happen. Hmm. And so although the dog, you know, say trumpet, first best in show this year, if they chose to exhibit next year, it's a clean slate. They're starting over from scratch. They have every other dog has just as much a chance as that dog did. Wow. Um, so, you know, it. It is interesting, and sometimes things don't go the way people expect them they're going huh. to go you know, yeah. at the dog show, especially at Westminster. Has that ever happened? A dog has won twice? Yes, but rarely. Okay. There, there are only a couple of dogs in the history of the show that mm-hmm. have um, you know, had that uh, good fortune. And I'm trying to think in recent history, I think the, the, the most recent one I can think of is probably back in the 60s was a Springer Spaniel. Um, that went best in show two years in a row, but oh, I can't wow. think of any others. Okay. So. How did you get involved in this? I mean, you wear a lot of hats, my friend. You're like <laughs> a doctor, you know, you're, you know, an, a, somebody who loves to be athletic, you know, you've done a lot of things in your life mm-hmm. and an unbelievable uh, job that you have now. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, it, you know, this was a lifelong hobby. It's okay. truly a passion. Uh, for me. And I started showing dogs when I was a child. I was eight years old when I showed my first dog. And it was something that, um, you know, for me, it just completely captured my interests. And I think, you know, the couple of factors. Um, One, you know, I had the unfortunate experience of a lot of bullying when I was in school, um, especially in lower grades. And the dogs were kind of my escape. They were kind of my saving grace. And so I'd start my day with the dogs, go off and do what I had to do to get through the day and know that I'm coming home to my dogs and I'm going to, you know, practice and I'm going to groom and I'm going to train and all that. And, and then going away on the weekends to a world where I was uh, welcomed and valued and appreciated and acknowledged. And so it kind of struck a nice balance to the way things were going on a daily basis throughout the week. And so I, I really credit that that opportunity with having gotten me through, you know, what would have been a very challenging time. Um, and I think giving me a really great perspective on on life in general, because the dog show world is really cool in that you get people from all different walks of life, um, you know, socioeconomically, you know, um, culturally. And, you know, growing up in that really kind of gave me a very broad worldview, you know, of people, which I think served me well as I got into my professional career, you know, as a clinical psychologist and school administrator, you know, being able to interface with people from lots of different walks of life and backgrounds um, comfortably. And so the dog shows were, were always a hobby. Never, I, I didn't go down the path of professional handler. There was a moment in time where I, you know, as a teenager, like, oh, I'm going to be a professional handler. And my parents were like, well, that's really great, but you're going to do that after you go to college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I, I am so grateful for that 
moment in time where they asserted, you know, it's like, okay, we've been really, really, you know, uh, liberal and, and allowed a lot. And, um, but on this point, they were adamant. And I'm really glad they did because okay. it's a, not an easy life for professional handlers. It's, that's a, it's a bit of a grind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I think I got put on the right path. <laughs> so there's someone in the family that did it? Like, how did you get introduced to dog showing? It was um, really kind of serendipitous. We, my sister was afraid of dogs, like seriously afraid of dogs. And my parents thought the best way to get her past that was to get a dog. And the neighbor had a golden retriever, and they thought that would be a really good breed for us, and they're known for their temperament and so on. So they went and got a golden retriever puppy from a breeder, a local breeder, and the breeder invited us to come to a dog show um, for puppies. They call them mat shows, and so they're just for fun. There's no points or anything like that. And at that show is where I showed the puppy for them. We got there, you know, th- we didn't know what we were doing. And, you know, the breeder came up and gave us a show lead and showed me some basics of what I had to do. And um, and that was the first time. And so my, my parents, especially my mom, really thought, well, oh, this could be kind of a fun family hobby. Like we could do this together. We could go together and that sort of thing. And that's how it started. And we realized that the first Golden Retriever was really not show quality. Great dog, wonderful companion, but not really competitive. Okay. And so then that led to another golden achiever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, and that's and that's how we got you know got going with the showing and the breeding. And um, Copper was our first champion, and she was the first one that we had a litter of puppies from. And um, and so you know I'm at that point I'm getting more and more competitive because my skills are improving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was competing in what they called junior showmanship. Okay. Yep. Um, you might have seen that at Westminster I did. the finals. So um, I did that um, from the time I was nine till I was seventeen. And had a lot of success. I was ranked number one in the country for three years in a row. Wow. So I was, yeah, I was feeling pretty good, which is where the I'm going to be a professional handler came from because I'm living this fantasy. Right. right. And, you know, when you're, you know, 14, 15, 16 and somebody's like, oh, you're number one in the country. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, look at me. <laughs> um, you know, so um, I, during that time, I'd also started working for professional handlers. I was apprenticing under them. And so that also gave me a sense of what the life is like. Um, I learned a lot about taking care of dogs, grooming dogs, presenting dogs, and so on. Um, was around for a lot of great conversations between the professional handlers with breeders of other breeds, you know, that they were showing for, and um, so great educational opportunity. Um, and and I think really informed what I do as a judge because I had this very broad breed exposure as a kid working mm-hmm. for these professional handlers. So although at home we had golden retrievers, and then I eventually got. Um, a standard poodle as well. But on the weekends, I was exposed and working with lots of different breeds of dogs, which now, like fast forward, um, you know, I'm standing in the middle of the ring judging best in show at Westminster. It it gave me, I think, a better perspective in that I've actually engaged with all these breeds at one point or another. It's important. I always say, you know, kids getting into broadcasting, uh, I'm like, don't have this like view of what you're going to do because what you need to do is learn everybody's job and then you have an appreciation for everyone's job right and then it might it it might take you down a different path um but i think you're going to be let down if you have this one idea of what you think you're going to be yeah Um, 
Now, what do you do after being best in show judge? <laughs> well, funny you should ask. So um, if you remember, Westminster was supposed to be in January. Yes. And because of the surge, it got postponed till June at Lyndhurst. Um, when you get uh, when you get a contract to judge dog shows, it's typically like a couple of years out. So I was contracted to judge a show in Minnesota that, that weekend. Um, which I probably wouldn't have done if I knew that's when Westminster was going to be, but I had already accepted it. And I'm like, you know, because people are like, you're going to go from best in show at Westminster to <laughs> Minnesota. Nothing against Minnesota, but right. it's a very different feel. Of course. Right? You know, it's a, you know, a local event and, you know, different level of competition and so on. So um, I, I went into it with that mindset. But I will tell you, when I got there on the first day and started judging, it reminded me that, like, this is really what it's about. You know, Westminster is magic. It's, you know, it's iconic. It's, you know, high level, high drama. But the dog show world that I grew up in, the dog shows that we all go to in the sport on a regular basis, like this is really the real deal. And, you know, had some really wonderful um, experience. I judged junior showmanship there, which I rarely get asked to do because I do a lot of breeds. And so they fill my schedule up with breeds. But this club had me do juniors, which I love doing that, working with the kids and, and uh, had some really, really nice interactions with them. And, um, and you know, people coming up and talking about Westminster and talking about Trumpet and the other sort of thing. So it was kind of nice. It's like, oh, this was kind of fun to have the conversation continue. Whereas if I had just been home, nobody would be asking me about Westminster. <laughs> right. you know, people walk by. The, I was in Dallas. I think I sent you a photo of something. Yes, we're going to talk about that in just a second. Um, and down in Dallas, like I'm, I was walking around in between judging and two women walk by and, and and the one woman goes, I think that's him. I think that's the judge from Westminster. And so I literally said something. I'm like, yep, I am. And so they were like, oh my God. And they came over, they wanted a picture with me. And I, so I got to feel like a little famous for, you know, a moment. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it's one of those things that, you know, there are definitely... Um, high level events and you know and Westminster is the event mm-hmm. um, but there are lots of great local events and that's I think some anybody who's interested in dogs should look for that there are um, dog clubs everywhere and they all put on all kinds of events whether it's confirmation obedience agility dock diving all, all kinds of fun things that families can get involved in with their dogs um, and I think if you if you just if you go to the AKC website, akc.org, you can um, find the clubs that are in your area and, mm-hmm. and you know, find a way to get involved, get That's connected. That's awesome. Now, I, I have to ask you about the movie, Best in Show. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Well, um, when the movie first came out, um, everyone in the dog show community was, like, appalled. You know, like, they've, you know, they've created a parody of us. They're making fun of us. And uh, my reaction... And I said it almost every time someone said that was, was like, have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> like, it was, we are those people. Like, I, I'll, I identified myself immediately. I'm, I'm the character with the wire runner with the bumblebee, the stuffed bumblebee. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, that everything has to be perfect. And there's, and now, no, we can't do it unless we have the toy. I'm like, that's me. I get obsessive. So, um, so I, I get a kick out of it. Um, it you know clearly is modeling itself after Westminster, yeah. right? They they took a page out of that, and um, I think it was all. I personally thought it was all in good fun, and I honestly think that it, although maybe to an extreme, but 
those characters exist. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I think it, you know, that kind of thing is flattering, you know, yeah. if they're going to make a big movie out of something like that. Yeah. yeah I love it. it. And it must have actually boosted the Westminster Dog Show. It did. And I think, you know, when you look at um, the, the, there are a few dog shows that are, are broadcast, but they're not broadcast live. They're taped events. And you can see them all trying to kind of um, replicate Westminster. Um, and, and no disrespect, but just it's not possible to recreate that mm. magic. Westminster has something. I don't know if it's its history, tradition, what the club's commitment to that standard of excellence. Um, but, you know, and I guess, you know, to your point, it's, you know, um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, mm-hmm. right? So we'll take it. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Okay, so we ha- I have to, I mean, we have to talk about this because it's been like this little secret that I've had. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk about this until Dawn comes because we are getting a dog. Yay! Yay! And there's, there's a connection here because Guy Benson, uh, who is my colleague at Fox News Radio, and, and he does tons of shows here on Fox, uh, he asked me on his podcast a, a few weeks ago, he said, what kind of dog do you have? Because we were talking about the Westminster mm-hmm. Dog Show. I said, Guy, I don't have a dog. He was like, what? How can you, Janice Dean, not have a dog? You do all of these animal events. You know, you go to the horse track. You've been to, you know, the Kentucky Derby. And you go to Punxsutawney Phil. <laughs> and you don't have a pet. I said, well, listen, my my kids now are 13 and 11. So they're getting to the age. That, listen, they've been asking for years to have a dog. Kind of perfect age. And so, you know, my husband and I have always been like, it's a lot of work. Uh, let's make sure that the kids can handle it. Um, and then, you know, we'll go from there. So Guy said to me, well, I have to show you my my beautiful Roy. Uh, Roy is a Bedlington Terrier, and he is awesome, and he's a great family dog, and he's hypoallergenic, and he doesn't shed, uh, and he's very trainable. I said, well, Guy, that sounds amazing. Uh, why don't you send me some pictures? He's like, oh, send you some pictures? That's like, that's a free-for-all now. You're going to get hundreds of pictures. <laughs> So after the the podcast, he started sending me pictures and I started doing some research on the breed. And I said, this dog really does look like something our family might enjoy. So he gave me the name of his groomer, who also happens to be a breeder and spoke with her. And she did not have a litter, but she had a friend of hers in Iowa that had one puppy left. And so... um I thought, okay, well, I'll call her. She lives in Iowa. That's kind of, I don't know, that's a long way to get a dog, but, you know, I'll speak to her about mm-hmm. the breed. And she, we talked and she said, well, I, you know, my, my little boy, we, you know, we just found a, a home for him. But I have to tell you this past weekend, we were going to keep our little girl um, and we were going to show her because she's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my husband and I, we have several dogs, several of them are senior dogs and we feel like we need to, you know, pay closer attention to them. And we agreed that if we found the perfect home, we would, um, we would consider that. And so I said, oh, okay, well, let me talk to my husband about it. And she's like, look, no rush. You know, we're not going to give her away tomorrow. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we did the research and then. I met you 
And I showed you the pictures of her and we I think we had agreed or we were about to agree. Uh, and we were, you know, thinking about names and I don't know, I just started talking about, I was like, Dawn, I want to show you a picture of this dog that we're thinking about getting. And, um, and, and, you know, when we were thinking about names and then you told me one of your dog's names was Lola. And I was like, Lola. (laughs) You did like on the spot. I was like, that is the best name for this beautiful little puppy. And, and, and you were so kind. You were like. If you would like to name her Lola, I give you Lola. <laughs> yes. There will be Lola too. And so since then, we are adopting Lola, and the breeder has been wonderful. She has been sending me videos, which I have sent mm-hmm. to you. She's been telling me everything about the dog, what we can expect. She is going to bring the dog to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, it just kind of takes that scare a, a little bit. You know, I think we are, my husband and I have talked about this. We had a great loss in our life, um, you know, during the pandemic, we lost both of Sean's parents and we've, so we've been dealing with grief. And then, you know, a few months later we lost, we had a little fish. We had a, one of those beta fish that we got really attached to and the beta fish got sick and the the beta fish has died. And it was devastating for our family. So this was really tough because we don't, we want to love this dog so much, but we're afraid to love her Mm. so much. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just tell you, that's going to go right out the window the minute you get her. When you have her in your arms, yeah, yeah, you'll be in, full in. (laughs) I just, you know what? There is something so special about these dogs. And, um, you know, listen, part of me feels a bit guilty for for not going and getting a dog that, you know, that's in a kennel or something. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So speak to me about that. You know, there are going to be people saying, well, you know, you got a purebred dog. Um, You know, this kind of was happened in our lives, but we were thinking about, you know, going and and, and getting a a dog that really needs a home. Sure. Um, You know, I'm very supportive of those situations where people um, want to you know adopt a shelter dog because those dogs need forever homes. Yes, um, but that's not for everybody, and you know there are certain life situations which have certain requirements, and the only way that you're going to be assured of the um, the the features that the breed offers to you and and how they'll be a companion and how they'll adapt to your lifestyle is to pick a breed. That has all those things. You went through the list, right? And because I, I was going to ask you, it's like, how did you come upon a Bedlington Terrier? So uh, thank you for telling that story. Yeah. Um, but you know, in that moment, right, your friend went through the list of all the things, yes. right? They, that they kind of check the boxes for you yes. as a family. And so you have right out of the gate, you have some comfort in knowing, okay, this is a breed that typically has this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. That would work for us. Now let me go find a breeder, a reputable breeder, which you did. And you, your experience is exactly what we would love to hear happen, right? Where the breeder is very responsible, um, looking for the right home for this puppy, um, you know, waiting it out, holding, you know, holding on until that happened, um, being you know, able to assist you and support you and guide you um, as you go through. And, and that relationship that you have with that breeder is going to be for the life of the dog. Mm. You know, that's, that's a beautiful thing to know that you have, you have a person 
that cares about this dog, this puppy, as much as you do, and to be able to pick up the phone or send an email or text and ask a question or just to share a picture, whatever, um, that's a really important part of the process, too, is that when you have a a preservation breeder, somebody who's dedicated themselves to a breed and maintaining it, not only from a confirmation quality point of view, but from a temperament and health point of view, um, that's, to me, that's the plus you know, in working with a preservation breeder because you have somebody who's committed to all of those things. Yeah. You know, and Bedlington Terrier, I had never heard of such a breed. They're, I mean... Very unusual, very rare. Um, we, we At the dog shows, they'd be considered a low-entry breed because you, you know, only usually see a few, if that. And... Um, yeah, but they are a really neat breed. Like yeah. I was just when you told me, I was like, "Oh wow, how cool!" Because it's it's um you know one of the things that the Westminster PR people were talking about this year were um the the uh, the gem breeds, the little known gems. Yes, I love that. Yeah, and I I would put Bedlington Terriers as one of those little known gems because they they check off so many boxes of the kinds of things that people would prioritize that they would be looking for in a dog. Um, but they're just not known. They're mm. just not that. Um, you know, they're they're just not out there. Yeah. And so I think it was really amazing that you found the breed. Um, I think you're gonna. I, you're, well, we've already watched the videos. I mean, she's so <laughs> cute. She's so oh cute. my gosh. Um, but I, I have to be. I'm like, I I can't wait to meet her because like I I have I want to go shopping for her. I want to like <laughs> buy her you know, something. And it's like okay, like, I can't buy her a collar because I don't know how big her neck is. I'll have to wait. I'll have to wait when I meet her because I know I'm gonna meet her. Right? Of course you yes. are. You're, oh yes, you're. You know, I I I told Guy he is the dog father, yes. but you might be the second. In- perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Here's the thing that I worry about is that this dog might be a amazing award-winning show dog mm. and d- d- I don't want to take that away from her. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know. Well well Janice, do you see yourself <laughs> running around the ring at the dog <laughs> shop? I cuz you you may know someone who could teach you extremely well. <laughs> you think I could do that as a side job? Absolutely. What age can you get these dogs into the dog show? Okay, so they um, they have baby classes, four to six months. <laughs> yes, baby, baby puppy. They okay. call them baby puppy. Yeah. And um, they can start to compete for championship points when they're six months old. And so they have they have age range classes. And then as they after they're 12 months, there's a 12 to 18 class, an open class, a best of breed class for champions and so on. So there's all different levels and opportunities, um, you know, to participate. And, you know, the sport is always welcoming to newcomers. It, it would be rare, I think, that somebody walks away feeling like they didn't have a good experience. People want newcomers. They want people to participate. And everybody was that person, right? I was that child. I went to that match show with our first golden retriever, and someone helped me and and set me on a path that impacted the rest of my life. You, yeah. know, you don't realize it in that moment, but that's you know what can happen. And so I think for you, um, if that was something that you wanted to check out, you know, I think it would be great. I think it would be great for the kids. I think it would be great to look into some of the performance activities too, like agility is a hoot. Um, <laughs> you know, like there's so much out there. And you know, I think it would be really, really fun for your family. Um, that being said, I always feel you know, the first and most important role that the dog plays is as a companion. Yes. And I had said that, you know, when I, before I gave my 
award for best in show at Westminster. You know, I said that, you know, everyone thanks the breeders and the handlers, which is well-deserved. But I really wanted to thank the dogs, you know, for the compassion, joy, and love that they bring to our lives. And, and that's really, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. So if you decide that Lola is just your, you know, beautiful, perfect puppy and she never goes to a dog show, that's great. Like, that's what's most important. In addition, if she were to do some of these other things, that would be icing on the cake. Mm. I'm nervous. I got to tell you. I mean, I'm ner- nervous, but excited. Sure. That's yeah. the way it should be. That's exactly what it should be. And you should feel butterflies. And, um, you know, and whenever I've gotten a new dog, I go through the same thing. You know, the anticipation, the questioning, like, should I be doing this? Is this the right time? Is it, you know, um, but, you know, once it, it's in place and, and, and you obviously gave this a lot of thought, this wasn't just something you We've did. We've been thinking about this for a long time. So it, to me, sounds like your family's ready. Um, you found the perfect dog. You know, you've got a great breeder to work with. And, yeah, all the best. You know, be and the, the one thing Lori, the breeder, said to me that almost brought tear to, tears to my eyes and goes to what she does and how important she thinks of these dogs as her family, she said... You have a year, you know, you have a year with this dog. And if for some reason, any reason, you think you can't, you know, take care of her to the best of your ability for whatever, whatever happens, she's like, I will take her back. Yes. I'll take her back and, you know, I'll give you your money back. And she just said, I just want to make sure that you're good with her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that again, that goes to when you're working with a reputable preservation breeder that puppy is is theirs for its entire life. And so that I'm not shocked to hear that, that, mm. you know, the breeder would be taking responsibility saying something like that. Um, and so, I, and that's wonderful. I mean, mm. that's that's the way it should be. So tell me, people out there who are looking for a dog, mm-hmm. what, what do you recommend they do? Um, well, I think that you want to do your homework. I think it's great if you can get yourself to an event on the American Kennel Club does meet the breeds throughout the nation. And, you know, so you can look up and see if there are any of those in your area. Because you may, you know, you may know the the most common breeds, but you might not know the Bedlington Terrier, which might be perfect for you, right? <laughs> so this is something that you can encounter if you go to a meet the breeds event or just go to a dog show, walk around, watch what's going on, talk to people, ask if you ask questions you want to ask about the breed interact with the breed, you know, you're going to get a vibe, right? Like, oh, yeah, we could see ourselves with this dog. Or, yeah, that looks cute in the picture, but no, in in life, that's just too much for us. Um, so, you know, I think it's about doing that homework, you know, not being impulsive, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of looking for what works. Um, the AKC site has um, actually a tab you can click on, you know, find a breed, you know, and you go through and you answer questions and they and they make suggestions. And I think that's a nice place to start. It's kind of a jumping off point. But I don't think anything beats the, you know, face-to-face live interactions, you know, with the different breeds and different mm-hmm. dogs to kind of narrow it down for you. You're so amazing. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> oh, but I know that we're going to be connected. You're going to meet yes. Lola. I'm going to meet your Lola. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you for doing this. Oh, and my pleasure. What a pleasure. You know, the one thing I wanted to ask is, um, you know, when we were talking on Fox and Friends uh, and you said that you, you know, you missed your mom and, and you lost your mom this past year and she would have been so proud of you. Did you think about her? When I, you're... I did. And, and I, you know, thank you for for um, bringing that up. I, was, I wasn't I was going to go there because, you know, I feel like how many times can I bring it up? But um, 
it, it definitely in that moment when I first stepped into the ring, um, I my eyes my tears started to come in my eyes because I, I like she just would have she would have been so proud and she would have definitely been there and um, she's the one who really made it all possible for me. You know, there was never a no. It was as long as you'll do the work, as long as you'll take care of the dog. Um, I was able, I pretty much had carte blanche when I came to the dogs because of my mom. And uh, she stayed interested right to the end. My dad and my sister, their interest kind of waned over time. But um, my mom kind of hung in there with me, you know, up until the very end. She knew about the judging assignment and she was, you know, just, you know, blown away and crying and excited. And, um, yeah, so I I did, and then I had to kind of like, okay, I got I can't walk out there crying. I got to choke this back, man, and, <laughs> and get out there and do the job. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh my pleasure. I I love hanging out with you. I, well, we're gonna do this more often. Maybe we could you just do this like once a month yeah, just to give me some tips on Lola dog stuff. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Aww, thank you so much, Je- uh I was going to call you the well. You are the judge. Do you get to put that on your resume and on your card? And what? I, do you- yeah, I do kind of use it. I, I, yeah, I, I do list myself as an AKC judge. You know that kind of thing. Well, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Did you know that I, I would judge the hot dog eating contest in New York? No, I did. Yeah, so I'm a judge too. Wow. Okay, so we can compare notes of the things that you look for in, in an efficient uh, hot dog eater. Right. That's about that's counting how many people can you know how many hot dogs someone can eat in ten minutes. Wow. That's that's got to be pretty. <laughs> no, it was. I don't know. It was one and done. Just like you though. But my decision. <laughs> Once in a lifetime, Janice. That's right. Once in a lifetime. It's a pleasure, Don. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Don, for joining me today on the Janice Dean Podcast. I enjoyed our conversation. And isn't it exciting that we're getting a dog? You know that I'll be talking about that a lot in the future. And if you enjoyed our conversation, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.